Kia ora noa, welcome back to Tuputoa Tala Noa. My name is Ihi Perehapi, lead navigator here at Tuputoa, um, sharing the co-pilot seat with my, my mate here. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself, my friend. Oh, I thought there was going to be like theme music. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but anyways, um, my name is Talalele Rewati, uh, one of the program managers here at Tuputoa. I've been here for four years and this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast, so Really looking forward to having a chat to you, um, sis, and just diving deep into some conversations, good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> um, I'm here for it, but um, yeah, enough from me. Um, yeah, this is just a chance for you to introduce yourself. Who are you? Where you're from? Yeah, uh, so my name is Marlene Rose Ratzlaff. Um, you can call me Lane. Uh, so I am German, Simon, Danish. I was born in Auckland, raised in Samoa, so my childhood was in Samoa, mm. um, and then moved over here just in time for intermediate, I think, um, for my dad to plant a church. Mm. Yeah, so dad planted a church, dad's a pastor. Um, about myself, though, currently working as a risk and compliance analyst, um, so honoured enough to come through the Tupatoa internship program, nice. get a placement at Morrison & Co., um, currently Woo-hoo. there the moment so yeah that's me in a nutshell at the moment yeah awesome there's a lot we can touch on but Mm -hmm. we'll start off with um life as little Marlene Lane um tell us a little bit about growing up um what was it like for you um and the different spaces from being here in New Zealand to living over in Samoa yeah Uh, so I don't remember anything before I was one and a half, <laughs> so, that's move, so I don't remember anything. Um, pretty much my first memories are all in Samoa, mm. so yeah, I have a lot of close connection, I think, with the island itself. Um, yeah, I'm the eldest of four as well, so I guess that was another thing in itself. In terms of navigating growing up in Samoa, though, it was very slow pace. Like, I, that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Eh? Like, life moves slow. Um, what matters, matters. Because I think when you come here and you see there's a lot of stuff. Or maybe when you go back, I guess. Maybe mm-hmm. when you go back after living in New Zealand, you get to see the stuff that you grew up with and the stuff that you didn't actually need um, when you moved to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You actually have a lot in your life that you don't need. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. real humble beginnings. Um, grew up by the beach. So, yeah, grew up on the water, um, went to Viola Beach School. So, yeah, primary school, yeah. And Tala's mom was my first primary school teacher, so yeah. small world. Um, yeah, went to Viola Beach School. And then my mom, because my brother was a bit of a naughty naughty guy, so when he started Viola Beach School, and I guess my mom, because she's a teacher, um, she thought it was better for us to get homeschooled. So mm. that was another whole space in itself. So Little Lane was... Going through, I guess, growing up in Samoa, getting pulled out of primary school, mm-hmm. going to homeschooling. And, and, and my homeschooling wasn't the same as everyone else's homeschool. So, yes, I did school in home, but I also did school so like a couple years um, because my dad was also not only a pastor. Well, before he became a pastor, he was a Bible teacher right. at Raymar Bible College. So mm-hmm. the principal of that school, they were American, and mm-hmm. they didn't want their kids to go to a Samoa school as well. They wanted um, my mum. So our home school, we were the only four kids in a school of adults learning Bible school. Mm. They renovated the whole downstairs 
just for us. So we had like a real cool school. Like our schooling was more on the US curriculum. Um, so when I came to New Zealand, I think it really helped with like my schooling. Because a lot of people, when they come from Samoa, there's a massive gap when they come to New Zealand schools. So they struggle a lot. But my mum pulled through. <laughs> yeah, pulled through. Moved to New Zealand and the, uh, the transition wasn't too bad in terms of education. So that's the schooling side. Grew up in church. Every Wednesday was Kids for Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and then every Sunday um, was church. Every Friday was God's Kids. Like mm-hmm. So there was always something to do with church. But that was like my childhood. The best way to describe it was just very full of... I was never with just one person in the one day, I guess. Mm. Like I grew up in a, in a Bible school full of adults. So a lot of my people that were babysitting me while my parents were busy teaching, I guess, were Fijians, Vanuatu, yeah, yeah. Hawaiian, New Caledonians. Yeah, so, like, even um, they have end-of-year performances for the thing, and we were, like, the only kids to perform because we were, like, the teacher's yeah. kids. But that was what I was growing up, um, growing up around, I guess, mm. was I was raised and babysat by other students while yeah. my parents were teaching. Yeah, that's yeah. super interesting. Yeah. Man, so that's, that's cool. What was it like... Um, just you guys being homeschooled, in terms of your peers, did you have much interaction with people or like were there, um, were you doing, did you do any sports or anything to connect with other people your age? No, so um, it was only four of us, so it was me and my little brother and then their two kids, so Anna and Willem, so they're like yeah. from America. Um, no, that was it, so there was no sports, so it was just, if we played sports, we played sports with the adults, like the, the, yeah. the actual Bible school students um but no we didn't have any interaction with any kids and a lot of the times like the mums would hold it down because like my dad he's traveled to all the pis like pacific islands because mm-hmm. he was a missionary at the same time trying to bring students into the school mm-hmm. um so a lot of the time it was like homeschool and then mum like that was all we wow. kind of saw was mum for like a solid few years while my dad was out there doing the good work i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah bringing in students so yeah, it's definitely different though, like mm-hmm. schooling, especially when you compare it when you move to New Zealand, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I actually don't know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like a lot of trying to fit in because you don't know what's the, yeah. what the norm is. So I went from Viola Beach School three years, um, then homeschool. And when I finally came to New Zealand, I guess I didn't know what the norm was. Like, yeah. like, what, what was the decision by your parents to bring you? Yeah, so my dad, he, he was so funny because he was um, talking about how he wanted to become a pastor and to us, he was mm. telling us, he's like, yeah, you know, we might go to Australia or yeah. to Hawaii. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so us, because we're like, oh, yeah, cool. And then my dad said he went to the prayer closet and God was like, no, um, New Zealand. That's wow. Yeah, so he was like, no, you're going to New Zealand. And, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and like the way that we moved to New Zealand, my dad wanted to make sure that like um, the move was like on our terms. Like mm. we didn't, wasn't dictated by anyone else or like by family or by, or not really our terms, God's terms. So yeah, yeah we moved here and then, yeah, it was a bit of a interesting, interesting start. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't the dream though, I guess. We all thought it would be yeah. um, one income for like until I finished. Man, until two years ago, my yeah. family, my family been on one income. My mom's primary school teacher, mm-hmm. so that's been 
yeah so my dad told my mum very early my dad's all about you know when you get married like talk about your calling so before my mum and dad got married he said straight I'm gonna be a pastor mm. this is what I'm gonna do so my mum's been very supportive in terms of taking on the the hard yards going to mahi and working and yeah. you know yeah paying the bills mm. raising four kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah so four kids on one income was a bit of a stretch but yeah yeah um, i'm gonna rewind just a tad mm-hmm. um just around that tra- transition piece you, you talked about being homeschooled in samoa and then coming into new zealand you you're gonna go in I guess, to that primary school intermediate stage. How was it for you navigating relationships between other kids? Because you're sort of kept from that in, in Samoa and now you're exposed to these crazy kids in Aotearoa, New Zealand. No, yeah, I came, like peer pressure was real bad for mm. me. Like I think there's always those kids that struggle real bad with peer pressure and it was mm-hmm. definitely me, yeah. And my parents know it. <laughs> I think everyone knew it. Or teachers <laughs> know it because they all told my parents too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a lot. Um, moving over, I think it was as partly, partly, I'm not, I'm not making excuses, but when I moved initially, you know, when you started new school, I was the type of person like, oh my gosh, yes, I got to start new school. I'm excited. <laughs> but it wasn't all that it turned out to be moving to New Zealand. Like I thought that maybe, you know, coming, because it was mainly Māori PI school. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, oh, yo, they're going to, this is going to be this mean. Yeah. Um, but no, I was too white. I was, wow. And that was the first time, you know, um, like again, like what Lexi said, that was the first time I realized that I actually was too white. And so I'm more, I wasn't, it wasn't really pointed out. Mm. Yeah. Especially being homeschooled, right? Um, you're not going to get pointed out being too white, around two white kids and your own brother. Was so. that just based on the color of your skin? Yeah, based on the color of my skin. And also like, because no one really spoke it as well. Like, um, Distinct memory. I, I, um, my siblings as well. Like, we all got bullied from that one school. Wow. Um, Shout out to that school. Yeah. No, yeah. That was And, yeah, like, they were just... The transition was hectic. Um, partly me, because I really wanted to fit in. Mm. And I didn't know what the norm was. Like, I, you know, it's normal. It's normal to walk around with no shoes, right? <laughs> Did not know it was not normal to be in a classroom with no shoes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So then, like, the way that the teachers and everyone would look at me, it was, like, disgust, which was kind of mm. weird. But I was like, I actually just didn't know. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then just the bullies were just hectic. Like, I've had rocks thrown into my head. And primary. And not in primary. And intermediate. But it, it's also that age as well, I think, that had a massive part to play. It's that teenager really trying to like discover yourself kind yeah. of what you like i you know those stories about people coming through school and being bullied really make us who we are um and i, I could see that in you and your strength my friend um can we pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about some people who influence you um growing up and you speak a lot about your dad um Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry then. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can tell from all of my interactions with you, you can tell your dad has been huge for you. Yeah. Um, Tell us, tell us a little bit about your dad and and what it's like being a pastor's daughter. Okay. 
sorry, I got my period too, so I'm just gonna be like, emotional. <laughs> no, my word, okay. No, no. <laughs> Bleep. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, so my dad, so his name's Warren. Um, best way to describe him, um, he's just like my rock, I guess, mm. the family's rock. Um, so my dad, maybe just give a bit of background about him so that we can see why he is the way he is. Um, he was raised, so my, my grandpa, his dad, um, used to be in politics in Samoa, so he mm. was the ex-deputy prime minister, um, for Samoa. Mm-hmm. So Big Shoes, dad was, there's two boys and then seven girls. Wow. Um, yeah, grandpa was a farmer. A business owner, politician, so all of that. So, my dad had a very pri- what he describes as a very privileged mm-hmm. upbringing, but there was it was there was no God, there was no love, and there was no um, what that the family that he wanted. Like, yeah. There was none of that unconditional love. It mm-hmm. was very yeah, it was very party driven and very um, pride driven as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what he struggled with. I guess, so for example, like he, what I went through, I came to school, but my dad came alone. His parents sent him over to King's College to board. Yeah, from Samoa, wow. by himself at 13. Um, yeah, 13 years old. And that was all of the kids, by the way. Wow. So they all got sent over. Um, my grandpa was all about education. But because they were, like my dad said, he was like, a lot of the stuff that we had was given to us. And so they, he took a lot of the opportunities that he was given for granted. Um, and so during school, um, he felt he, even though he got deputy head boy, mm-hmm. got deputy head boy, he felt like he failed um, high school, um, and then after that, I guess. But the thing with my dad is, he always knew at a very young age he was always supposed to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Like he was supposed to be that. Um, he was supposed to preach, wow. and the reason why he got deputy head boy, despite failing everything, was because he knew how to lead and how to speak mm-hmm. and how to inspire people. And so, despite failing everything, he aced every single speech competition. Mm-hmm. And, wow. You know what I mean? So he knew, like, and he came out of his last one in year 13 and he was like, God, why did, why did you make me like this? What am I supposed to do? And so very young age, my dad knew he was supposed to be a pastor, but he always, he did it. He has a lot of regrets in terms of taking a lot of the opportunities he was given mm-hmm. for granted. And he's all about seasons. So like, for example, the, all throughout my upbringing, he was all about focus on school. This is your, your season to grow. Mm-hmm. This is your season to this. This is not your season to have a boyfriend. Or season <laughs> to, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is not your season to go kafao or to go drink. Yeah. Um, this is your season to learn. Um, and then even like humbling me too. Like this is not your time to shine. This mm-hmm. is your time to listen. Like, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, so my dad wasn't like that though. He didn't have those teachings and those upbringings. Right. So. In terms of the way he raised me, he raised me in a way that I guess he wish he mm. had, just so that he his had, ideal picture, yeah, his ideal picture of uh, what a good family was. And oh my gosh, the amount of times because I clash with him too. That's the only thing. <laughs> we, I love him deep, but we when we fight, we fight real bad. Yeah. Uh, not bad, but I mean like it hurts. You know, mm-hmm. when you love a person, it, it hurts even and more. It makes sense. Um, so I guess how that's impacted me though is because of the way that my dad like I said I love him to bits he's always pushed me to just dream big and Mm -hmm. to just go you know do more do more because he knows that the opportunities that he could have he could have done so much with what he had like my dad went to culinary school he's a mean shit like mean shit 
That's Ed's enough. Competition. Yeah. <laughs> Competition. <laughs> but like he's a mean chef and he really, my dad, like, he's always been like, whatever your passions are, because my dad's passions is building strong families. That's mm. my dad's passions. Like, yeah, he likes to cook, but his passion is building strong families um, through God's word. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of what he does and how that impacts me, because that was a question, sorry. Mm. Being a pastor's daughter, he's the only man that I know that I've met a lot of pastors and I've met a lot of pastors' mm. kids lot. He's the only man I know that actually lives at home properly and the kids we can all vouch it. That's good. And and not many people can say that. And mm. I guess that's the reason why so my pastor's not saying my dad was perfect, because mm-hmm. he's not. Um, being the oldest child, you're also the experiment child. So your dad's learning how to be not strict and what, what's good and what's <laughs> not. So, But at the end of the day, I guess, because you know that his heart's in the right place, mm. I never really was the type. I know a lot of other people's, when they look at other PKs, they're like, oh, PKs are the worst because, they, <laughs> yeah. you know, the parents, are the, the parents are the worst. They're hypocritical in this. But my upbringing and my story of being a pastor's kid is a bit different because my dad was a dad first instead mm. of a pastor oh, yeah and so my dad was all about so the reason why he's he's all about building strong families is because he believes that it starts at home and you know you can't go out there and preach and do all these other things if your home's not if your home's not in order mm. um so yeah in terms of because my dad was all about keeping his home in order, keeping his heart in order, making sure that how he addressed us always, like he used to be so impatient, but because my dad's always got that I'm working on myself mindset, yeah, he's always, like he's the most patient man I know now, mm. like as opposed to when I was growing up. And so my PK story is different because my dad's always bettering himself. And mm. so for me, I'm like, ah, oh, my dad can. PK pastor's kid. Yeah, PK pastor's kid. PK's pastor's kid. Yeah, PK's pastor's kid. Yeah, yeah. But being a pastor's kid, like a lot of people, they either stray away from God or they stray away from their parents. It's either or. But. Yeah, the Mm. rebellious stuff. And yeah, I went through rebellious stage. But you know what brought me back was my dad. Mm. And it was the love that my dad had for me that it wasn't the religious practice or mm-hmm. the fact that he was you know what I mean it was the hey I know then that's the good thing about my parents is that they're the most forgiving people I've ever met as well mm-hmm. so like your typical what you think a Christian is supposed to be like I feel like my parents they just go out and do it do you mm. know what I mean like they go out and live and treat people the way that they know they should be treated yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean um and, that, and it's not just to that. Like, my dad, our church is small, but he still studies as if it's, like, the biggest church in the world. Mm-hmm. When my dad has family Bible studies with us, he'll study all night. And, like, you know what I mean? The prep work, the mahi behind it. Yeah. Same as my mom with her. She's a primary school teacher. When I see the way that they... I've never seen a primary school teacher stay up till 2 in the morning mm-hmm. just to plan her lessons and to do this and to do her you know what I mean raise four kids and she still stays up that late to yeah. make sure that her kids at school get all the energy and the love and the hard work so yeah my version of being that pastor's kid I mm-hmm. guess is that they've pushed me to just always want to do better the mm-hmm. pressure 
is because of the fact that they're so mm. they're so amazing and they're so good. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. It's, and a lot of people they're drawn to that. They're drawn to my family's, my dad and mum's genuine love for people and the genuine love that they have for their mahi and what they do. Mm. And so I can I guess for me it's just a matter of trying to get that kind of what they have and the way that their their take on life and putting that into what I do because. It's a bit different mm. for me, yeah. Like, yeah, it's a bit different for me. Mm. They love what they do, you know. So it's a bit. They love what they do, and so, you know, that line where if you love what you do, you never have to work a day in your life. Mm. And I can see that with my parents. Mm. Like, my dad's all like, yeah, he, my dad would be sick as, but he'll still go preach up there normal. Mm. Like, he loves what he does that much, and so the standard of. I guess excellence that they have in their own lives, not just with work though, like just in terms of like how they treat one another, how they talk, mm. um, how they, their tone of voice, if someone hits them up and, you know, if they're angry, are they going to turn the other cheek? Are they going to, you know, the parents in every way of life have always tried to improve themselves or yeah. just to see where they can work. So. So beautiful. Honestly, I see so much of that story in you. You know, um, we went, you came on to Wananga with us and you were up at 2 a.m. doing your <laughs> Do you know? Like, I can see that hard working ethic in you. Um, also, they have incredible music taste. Your they parents, do. They really do. They do. Um, so, shout out to them for that. They do. Um, you spoke about your dad knowing his calling. Yeah. Do you know yours? No. Oh, yes and no. So before coming on here, I was thinking that because I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I just want to know that this is probably the one question that I feel like I did want to. I've had it on my heart for a while and I don't know how I'm going to do it. So the dumb goals, I guess, that Sionia was talking about mm-hmm. in the kids, kids program, this was part of it. I just didn't know how. My parents' goals have always been to build strong families, but I feel like my calling is to build strong people, like individuals, mm-hmm. like just that's why yes, I really, really love to tour and what you guys do because you guys are all about like channeling yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everything that you have is already inside you. It's mm-hmm. a matter of just pruning and tuning everything. And so, yeah, I'm, all, I'm really about that, especially with um, the PI and Māori community because, you know, the conversations are so different. Like, you would probably notice it too, the conversations that you have at Tupatoa are very different to the conversations that you have with people and family at home, and that's just because they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really drawn, especially towards people, like, um, just, like, helping people find their passions and mm-hmm. their dreams. And like, That's why Tupatoa fires me up, I guess, because you guys really, like, help with doing that, pairing people up mm-hmm. with, like, the, a good role and also just helping them after and developing them career-wise so yeah my that's my my calling I don't know how I'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. but it's to help build strong people as opposed to building parents can be strong families that's them but I want to like I'm about connecting with someone and getting to know them like a lot of my family as soon as I find out what their passion is or what they want to do okay cool how can I help what Mm -hmm. are you gonna do but let's do some CV, like, you know, let, I'll help you with your CV, I'll help yeah. you with this. Um, I just really like to help people reach their full potential, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So that's a matter of just helping my sister by reading her 
assignment after mm -hmm. she's finished. Like, that's something I'm willing to do because, I mean, I might not have studied communications, but like, that's something, like, you know, it's something, I mean, I'm the type of person that I'm willing to learn about it just mm -hmm. so just they can, just to help them. So, yeah. Hey. Oh, that's cool. Um, and does that passion align to, I guess, that big dream of yours as a kid? Like, what did you want to be when you were younger? Oh, no, nothing. Oh, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have we had this conversation? No, I don't know. I think on the... On the sorry, oh, no, on the maybe. Head. I want to be a marine biologist. I want to be a marine biologist. Is it because of free Woody? Because of free... Um, mainly, yeah. Because of, <laughs> because of orca whales. I love whales. And, like, my mum, right, because she was the homeschooling teacher, mm. so she just chucked me this random book of marine biology and I just read it, like, back to front. I was like, oh, my gosh. I knew all about whales, like what they eat, so what, how long they were, like, that was it. But no, um, maybe when a little bit older, I did, I don't I've never wanted to be a preacher. I've never wanted to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. So I've never wanted to get into ministry, but I did want to do something similar to my dad in yeah. terms of inspiring people. So yeah, I would say probably does online in terms of mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So like. The childhood dream, which was the marine biology astronaut thing, yeah, that was astronaut. Astronaut. Wow. Dream big. Um, yeah, it was that. But in line with that though, like it was that inspiring people. Um well my dad works well, I told my dad when I was young, I was like, Oh, I wanna work for a hotel coach so it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. People bring hotels and my mm -hmm. dad was the type of person to be like why you want to work for a hotel you just go and own your home Ooh, yeah. own your chain you know that's my that's my dad's thinking yeah. you can own your own if you dream big enough and you work hard enough you can do it mm. so yeah I would say but in terms of the inspiring thing like I've known in the back of my mind I've always wanted to do that yeah. like, you know those dreams that you like guilty pleasure dreams mm. yeah mine was to inspire people somehow don't know how don't know where and even if it's just on one on one on coffee like I'm all good with that too, eh? yeah, like yeah. just doing a bit of back background work. Is, doesn't, I'm not keen to just be like the face of whatever. Mm. I'm all about just connecting and getting to know them mm -hmm. and what they want to do. Because I really like my dad um, told me this a lot. Like you know, everyone's placed on this earth and everyone for a reason. It's all different, and what God's placed in your life is totally different to what God God's placed on another person's mm. life. And, so, yeah, it's a matter of, because my dad believes that whatever God's placed you on this earth to do, it will be to, it will be in your strengths. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it'll be the things that you love, the passions that you have, because mm -hmm. that's the reason why he's molded you that way. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I kind of want to just take that teaching into, like, you know, finding out more about the person, be like, hey, what do you actually want to do? What are you good at? What do you enjoy? That's why Francis, as my navigator, appreciated him because I think he was telling me about how he transitioned to a nurse. And when he said, because yeah. he was in the flight attending phase. Mm -hmm. And what stuck with me was that he, instead of looking at what the ideal or what the most practical thing was, he just did a brainstorm and did five things I'm good at and five things I'm passionate about mm. and then lined it up. And I really feel like that's something that I would want to do with other people. Mm. Um, yeah. No, oh, nice. Um, you finished intermediate. You went into high school. Um, what did you get into? What pathway did you choose from there? I actually went into like high school. From after high school, mm -hmm. I went into um, personal training. 
And, and exercise science, yeah. Do you lift though? Wait, no. not anymore, right? <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. You do. You told me you should go to the gym. So, um, but yeah, I went to, yeah, I went into that. I studied to wow. two years. Um, and then I, well, actually not and then. I, had, I was injured during high school. Mm-hmm. So it turned out I broke a bone during high school and that bone went into my joint, made a massive hole Jeez. in my joint. Um, and I didn't know. Until like it just kept spraining all the time. And I was like, why is it just running up and down? Mm. So when I finally got x ray, they showed me I had to wait for surgery. But because, you know, typical public system takes a million years. Mm. So I took a year off because they, they're just supposed to be practical. And I was like, I'm not going to go in the gym and crutches and a wheelchair. So I just mm. took a year off and work. The surgery didn't come the whole year. I got so bored. So I was like, ah. Oh, Nah. Shout out to the health system. Yeah, oh. so I was like, <laughs> shut up, right? I was like, oh my gosh, I'm bored. And everyone was just, just try more. Because mm-hmm. everyone saw it. This is another side check. Oh, yeah, I'm really thinking, but I argue a lot. Like, yeah, I argue oh, a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I argue, I, I'm really like, really like, it has passionate. to be, yeah, passionate. It has is. to be oh. fair. Yeah. Um, underline bold. Yeah, underline bold. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just going to delete that. But, um, yeah, my everyone was like, just try a lot. And then I tried it. Got my surgery. It was so funny. It was two weeks into class and then surgery. But um, I really enjoyed it. Wow. I enjoyed the challenge. But, like, it's funny because now, like, reflecting on what we're talking about, I'm like, oh, but how does that, like, tie into? I'm sure you're fine. I'm still, yeah. still finding the way. But, yeah. And how old are you? 25. Right, you got ages. I know, I know. Young. I know, I know. So, yeah, so that's how I got into law, though, was mm-hmm. just, I was bored just working. Mm. Yeah, because I'm not, I, I, even though I'm busy, I'm the type of person where I have to be a certain type of busy all the time. Mm. It's like if it gets under a certain threshold, I feel like, I know, it's so <laughs> bad, but certain threshold, if I'm not certain, like I'm itching, like I have to do something, I'll go and... Do you know how many times I've scrubbed the shower? Like when I don't need to? Like they didn't realize how prisons are just like, oh, I've got nothing else to do. Oh, I just scrub the shower. So yeah. So yeah, that's kinda what was the question? No, no. Um who are those people that influenced you into law? Were they your family? Were they friends? Because you know, you get you get stories like this where people don't know what they want to do and they follow friends. Um, I'm just going to do it just because my other mate's doing the same thing. Is is that the same in your case or who are those influences? My grandpa. Mm. My grandpa. Well, he was a lawyer. So he was heck- right. Yeah. My grandpa's 20 years old. Mm. 20 years old, had two degrees and two kids. Mm. Must be nice. <laughs> and house. Yeah. But uh, back, yeah. So he graduated with law um, and he was always like, you got to give it a go. And he always wanted one of his grandkids because he's got over 30. He always wanted one of his grandkids mm. to, um, you know, I guess become a lawyer, mm-hmm. kind of carry that on. And so I was like, okay. And then not only that, my dad and a lot of other people are like, the way you argue, bro, you're supposed to be a lawyer. Like, I don't know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like you're supposed to be a lawyer. But, <laughs> and, but we'll admit, though, it's a lot more than just arguing <laughs> Like when it comes to law. Um, yeah, that, and then friends don't know, like, I think my friends are just more like, my friend groups are more like, well, whatever you want to do, you, you go, yeah, you nice. go do it, like, you go girl, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Okay, so we've finished our degree. You've come through Tipusua at um, through our internship process. At, tell us where we where you're at at the moment. So I'm at Morrison and Co. Morrison and Co. is an asset management firm that focuses on infrastructures mm. mainly. Um, they're quite quite um, what's the word? They have a really good reputation mm. in that in that area is the best way to describe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Um, we're currently in the process of um, expanding globally, mm-hmm. which is quite exciting. So I feel like I came at the right time because we're just starting to establish our US and UK um, deals and offices and stuff. But yeah, I work in the risk and compliance section. Um, not what I expected. Mm-hmm. It's like I, you know, when I came, I didn't even know what Morrison and Co was as a management <laughs> was. Risk and, ma- risk and compliance, mm-hmm. didn't know that it was a thing I could go into mm. after law. Um, so it was really like learn as you go. Mm. Um, yeah, grateful for the challenge. It was the best challenge that I never expected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how. Yeah, very good. Cool. <laughs> and, and then now you've come through, you're kind of settled into Mahi and you've somehow found yourself onto our program Kia Tupu Kia Toa. Uh, for those who don't know what Kia Tupu Kia Toa is, can you explain it? Because we could do it, like do our elevator pitch, but it's easier to coming from people who are actually on the program. Um, yeah, what is it to you? The program is something... The program is something that inspires early interns, uh, oh, sorry, early graduates, um, who just finished their interns um, with developing themselves professionally and personally um, at, like, and at home. Like I feel like that's the best way to describe it. It's chin- it's a program that helps develop you and not like just work you, leadership, like, you know, career you or you at home you, like the whole you. Like for me, that's the best way to describe it. Like the people that you guys bring in, the content that you guys deliver, um, the stories that you guys tell, it just all helps with getting us to reflect on, okay, this is where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. career-wise, at home, in this relationship, you know, Joe, like it could be anything. It, honestly, the way you guys deliver everything helps us analyse, okay, this is where I'm at right now, and these are the things that I need to do in order to grow, to become this. So that's why I really like the last one, because you guys really spoke on the smart goals and the dumb goals, because I really feel like once I've got those goals, the things that you guys have given to help, you know, the little keys that you, and um, quotes and stories and people that you guys have brought in to kind of help us with learning all that mm-hmm. will really help me with reaching those goals. So, like, for example, like, the communication styles, Ooh. like, I know for, like, massive that's going to help me. And then even just, um, just you guys also have a way, like, I really like what Sione said is um, the reason, his calling is to help, not his calling, but he knows that God's placed him on this earth to help see other people better than they see themselves mm. and I feel like that's what you guys really do because mm. a lot of interns and graduates especially at our age it's a lot of self-doubt it's a lot of am I good enough mm. am I 
do this does this role like me do, do, do i have what it takes and what you guys see just as actually yo you guys do you have what it takes first of all that's what i like it's not a you guys give us the tools but you give us the tools after telling us you guys are you guys got what it takes mm. you know you guys um everything that you have is already inside of you so um it's definitely an a lot of uppercuts like good learning lessons yeah a lot of good learning lessons but at the same time you guys a lot of good pat on the backs mm. and um mm. nice encouragements and support so yeah beautiful if you're at a Describe in one word your experience so far on Kyoto to Kyoto. What would that be? One word. No, that's a tough one, but it can be a, a sentence as well. <laughs> <laughs> a one sentence. Um, bearing in mind that we're only in Wananga 3, so we've got two more Wananga there. Um, and really, it's only been six days of us hanging out. Mm. So, um, yeah. Honestly... It's going to sound so weird, but I really feel like, um, <laughs> this is not going to inspire people, is what I'm going to say. Just give us an uppercut with love. It's no, right. but I mean, like, um, my one word is pruning, and I know mm. it's, it's odd, but um, a lot of things, it's pruning my own self-doubt, like, that's the best way to describe it. The program helps me with pruning the self-doubt, helps me pruning and decide, like, knowing what to let in and let in my circle and what to leave out at work, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you guys are, are teaching me how to kind of, like, because I'm a very, like, amiable, right? Mm. I'm, I'm a very just, I'll give whatever, whatever energy I have to give to anything. Um, but you guys are teaching me how to cut out certain things and also cut certain things out in my own thinking. Um, so that's the best way for me to describe it, is that you guys are teaching me. To prune, <laughs> like how to just you know what I mean, like just how to like clean myself up a bit, clean up my life, um, in a good way though, mm. yeah. And that's both work wise and and at home. Mm. So, uh, yeah, definitely the thinking though, like the thinking is a big thing. Just because, um, for those of you who are listening, <laughs> the, you know, if, if you're an overthinker, um, and you're always wondering about you know, what other people are thinking or, like, just whether you've got what it takes, just in general, overthinking. Overthinkers will know what I mean. You're just mm-hmm. an overthinker about everything. Mm-hmm. This tool will kind of help. Overthinking is dictated by your emotions, not by facts and by what's actually happening. And so tool kind of just helps you with, like, this is what matters, mm-hmm. you know. This is where you're really at. You don't need to worry about any of that fluff. Like, it really helps with maybe grounding as well. Mm. Pruning and grounding, probably my two words. You guys really help with grounding, grounding me and making me know, like, well, helping me stay strong and, you know, who I am. And, like, you guys, one on one, like, stay strong to you. Don't be quiet. Like, that's something that I'm learning how to do at work. Chat a bit more because I'm a chatty person. So, but, yeah. It's beautiful. I love that kind of analogy because spring at the moment so you have to like prune in order for new growth to come through yeah exactly um, and i've seen i've seen uh your growth and it's only been like what six times we've seen each other um i've seen a lot of um kind of sureness in you and yet yeah, Tupatoa can create this program 
and put you in a scenario to learn all of these things but it's only what you take that matters right you you a lot of this is all on you um your growth your pruning is you actually self-pruning we can only provide tools um for you to to be in those spaces but it's what you use what you do with those tools and mate i've seen so much like i don't know you just feel yeah grounded you feel more sure of yourself i'm glad <laughs> um and it's so beautiful to see my friend i can't wait to see what one and a five looks like when she gets up and presents to the world <laughs> um oh that's right i was like what <laughs> your presentation um but i guess for for us we just want to honor you and thank you for your time today um before we wrap up <clears throat> Tala, do you have any last words? Yeah, just um, thank you for just having a chat to us. You know, it's it's not easy sharing with the whole of New Zealand listening in. <laughs> um, but just before we wrap up, what's a what's some words of encouragement um, you can give to our movement, those that are looking into Tupitoa, um, that may want to jump on, um, the variety of our programs, our internships, our leadership programs. Yeah, what's a, a word of encouragement to them? Um, my word of encouragement is if you want to get a lot out of it, you got to put a lot into it mm. with the program in terms of the Tupatoa thing because that's what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Tupatoa program, if you want to get a lot out of it, you got to invest a lot into it. Um, a lot of thinking, energy, time, because not only do you guys, we see a lot of the hard work that you guys do in the back end, um, but also just challenging yourself. Like, if you majority of the students, you just finished your degree and you're ready to get out there. Um, I think I would say just be ready to be challenged mm-hmm. and, and, and be ready to keep going. And um, actually... Sorry, what I'm saying is because I know that a lot of interns don't appreciate you guys enough, so that's why I'm saying it. Like, mm. the navigators invest a lot of time and energy into making sure that you're okay and where you're at. If you invest a lot of time back and energy, you'll be looked after. Like, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. A lot of interns that I've spoken to, they either have a really good experience or they have a bad one. And when I have a look at how they were and how the, the amount of energy they put in, I'm like, well, there you go. Like, you're going to get out of it what you, as much as you put into it because mm. – and also just don't take don't take the Tupatua's time – navigator's time for granted. Like, it's, it's a free non-profit organisation, you know what I mean? They mm. don't have to – you were selected. You have an opportunity to go out there and strive and display brown excellence. So don't take the opportunity and the time that the navigators have invested for granted because I love the navigators too much and they have better things to do with their time than, we to, love waste, you. We'll give you than, a hug. than to waste it on interns who don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's just, I've, yeah, I've heard a few navigators who are just like, you know, they try and get in touch with certain students or certain interns and they just... They don't, they don't reply or they, they, they don't show up or they just don't take certain things seriously. And, yeah. And be ready to be a role model, I guess, as well. 
like Ooh, be a role model, not just to other Māori PI, but to other Balangis and Pākehā. Mm. Because you're gonna, if you're gonna, you're going to a very predominantly Pākehā company, you're gonna be the face of Māori and PI mm. for them. So it's all about how you hold yourself, bring your whole self, but at the same time, like just hold that standard and be just keep in mind that the rest are going to come after you. Mm. You want to kind of set a good foundation. and yeah. That's like episode two of this podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. no, that's great. Though. I swear like, we didn't tell her to say this. Just <laughs> those listening. Honestly, thank but, you yeah. so much for recording it all, my friend. It's so beautiful um, to be seen and being appreciated for some of the mahi we do. Um, that's our say. I think we'll leave it there on your inspirational words. Um, yeah, she's well on her way to motivating and <laughs> inspiring um, more of our Māori and Pacific people into leadership um, as she is, you know, honing and pruning her craft. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, just thank you so much for spending uh, this hour with us. Um, we'll always have time for you, my friend. Um, thank you. That concludes our episode of Tiputoa Tala No. Any last words, Tala? Yeah, that was awesome. That's great. First podcast over and done with. Many more to come. Yeah,